messing up the uh, studio today because we're moving offices. Oh, nice. So, uh, we, it was just me. <laughs> my back is absolutely <laughs> We, yeah, me and my team. Well, I, actually, one of my questions for you, um, if you don't mind jumping in the, the pool with cold water, is are you a one-man yeah. production? That's a great question. Are we doing this? This is it? Yeah, we've already started. I was actually going to start with something right. different, but since you brought that part up, I was, I want to jump into it. Okay, cool. Um, you, you want you want the the whole like the actual like detailed answer, or do you want just like the the kind of general answer? Um, you know, I think I want the detailed answer. <laughs> All right. <let's> see. <laughs> um, so Screen Crush is owned. Let me turn off my email real quick. Sorry, because I can hear the alert coming in. I didn't hear the alert coming in, so that's good for me. Well, I'll leave it on then. It's fine. In case something comes in, I can check it. So uh, Screen Crush is owned by a company called Town Square Media, which owns mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, radio stations and you know music websites and stuff. So I started off working just for them as a general video editor, and I did all the videos for a YouTube channel called Loudwire. Oh, God, for like two years, maybe. And then I kind of transitioned into Screen Crush, but I still like supervise and help out with XL and Loudwire and some other brands that they own. Now, as far as, you know, and when the pandemic hit, unfortunately, we had two other full-time guys and they had to let them go because there's no artists to interview. Uh, yeah. but they kept me on to be kind of like the nucleus of the, of the new team, whatever that mm-hmm. is when we're through this. But for Screen Crush, um, we have an editor-in-chief named Matt Singer who used to be, you, used to be a lot more involved because uh, you know, uh, he runs the website. He used to be a lot more involved in the YouTube channel, but he's just, you know, he doesn't really need to be like, he mm-hmm. still helps out, but like, he doesn't have to like approve every video. Um, he'll like when WandaVision episodes come up, he'll like slack me and say, Hey, did you notice like this and that? And he'll name a couple of things. Uh, oh, like, totally. he, he caught a really great one. The colors of the drone match Captain mm-hmm. Marvel suit. So it was like a tribute to her. I didn't even notice that. Um, and then for, and then, he'll so it's not just you doing all the research. I, as a viewer, I thought that you're just sitting there with encyclopedias of knowledge. I am. It's like yeah. and Matt, Matt, Matt's a really, uh, you know, he's a great movie critic mm-hmm. and he literally wrote a book on Spider-Man. Like he's a huge <laughs> Marvel fan. Um, I have to he, know which book he wrote. Uh, I got it right here. Actually. Hang on one second. You're, you're currently sitting on top of it. I know this is not for video. So yeah, well, it's all right. I want to see it. I, I just bought a book on Spider-Man. Nice. Yeah, Although mine wasn't a graphic novel. Mine's literally a novel about, the broadway production spider-man oh cool who wrote that yeah i don't even remember i saw i oh, heard that neat. it existed so i bought it right. and now i'm gonna read it and know about um, all the accidents and u2's problems but for the most part you know every video on the site is written by me uh, mm-hmm. i you know 90 percent, 95 percent of it comes from me uh but matt does i mean i can't i don't want to like say i do everything because absolutely matt's amazing and he helps out and supports where he for can. sure he just, of course he has a whole he has a whole website to run you yeah? And then we have four interns right now who are great, uh, but they're not, they're not full-time employees and I don't treat them like full-time employees. I treat mm-hmm. them like students because that's what they are. Um, one of them is he's more dedicated to like the writing end of it and the research. He's great for that. And the other three are video editors. Uh, the problem okay. I've had in the p- past with interns is they're not in all the time and you're training them. So it's like their training is a little bit behind where you'd want them to be. Mm-hmm. So generally they will edit anything that's like long form uh, and isn't like, uh, isn't like on topic, you know, like that is evergreen. So for mm. instance, if you go to the channel, those versus videos that we do, 
Yeah. Uh, have, it's been a long time since I've edited one myself. Interns have been doing the, the bulk of those, breaking bad videos, like those long form mm-hmm. video essays. But like WandaVision Easter eggs um, has, has been me. And then just in the past couple of weeks, I've started doing a cool thing where I'll edit with an intern at the same time. Like she'll take this, the footage from the show and I'll take all the other footage from past episodes. And we kind of like, we'll highlight on the Google doc where we're at. And it's really, it's actually really exciting to do it that way. Cause then we can yeah. help. Well, yeah, and your out. turnaround time is great. If I don't, if you don't mind for a second, I'm going to be a fan. So you can take your mm-hmm. water. I'll just let everyone know. I found Ryan Airy and screen crush because a year ago I was doing too good at work. I was doing data entry and my boss said, hey, don't enter any data in for a week. And so I was on YouTube for an entire week at work. And I was just like, I'm going to learn every Easter egg from Mandalorian season one. And I ran across your channel. I watched a bunch of people's channels, but for some reason, your channel stuck with me harder than others. And then when Mandalorian stopped and then I watched the first episode of WandaVision, I didn't think I was going to go back to Screen Crush, but immediately after, I'm like, no, I need Ryan to explain this to me. And so- (laughs) Of course. And so I've been watching every episode of WandaVision, going to sleep, waking up, and then just loading your video. And it's like there, like hours later. I, I try. Uh, there's a guy who I'm friends with on Twitter who runs the channel Heavy Spoilers. And yeah. we've got a, fr- we got a friendly rivalry. He's from England, so he wakes up at 8 a.m. I watch his channel <laughs> as well. He yeah, pointed he out sucks. to mom last week. So <laughs> He does that. Yeah, he thinks he's funny um no he's, he's a nice guy we were actually just chatting about the snyder cut and about how like great valentine's mm-hmm. day thanks for doing that you know <laughs> yeah exactly thanks for making our day harder um yeah w- the turnaround time is like okay so it's tricky so like that's one thing that when i started out just doing like trailer easter eggs things like that yeah. it's like okay so i knew like new rock stars was always going to be the one that people went to right great channel love those guys yeah, yeah no no notes no, no, no notes and Mr. Sunday Movies and, of course, like IGN, the bigger websites, they all do that stuff. So I was like, well, I'm going to get them out fast. You know, yeah. I may miss some things. I'm going to do my best and I'll, I'll get them out fast. So I would do that. I'd turn it down, I'd turn it around before six o'clock, you know, before the end of the day. You know, and most people, I think, are watching the trailers at work and, you know, they check them out that way. And, you know, did really well. And it was also a good way to, like, gauge interest because, you know, obviously the trailer for Black Panther did a lot better than the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know. Of course it is. Yeah. So th- then when it came to these, I, get, I did get screeners of the first three episodes of WandaVision, but then they dropped the first two in one day. So that yeah. didn't do me much good, you know. Um, and then for How these, early in the, did, you, did you get the screeners? So you were able to be prepared for like when, when, a Wednesday. Week? Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Two and days. then the, for episode three, I had nine days. Yeah. Um, unlike like Watchmen, which I had a week I had a few in advance. Um, the boys, I had them quite far in advance. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but what that does is like, if you're doing videos the day of, and if you're, okay, for instance, like if I were going to put the video out the next day, oh, you could take your time. You could do research and go on Reddit and credit mm-hmm. this person or that person, see what other people said and credit them. But when you're doing it the day of, like, I don't have time to, you know, like I did recently start going on Twitter um, at Ryan Airy, and going okay so does anybody notice anything like first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and if somebody has said something i did i legit didn't see i'll credit them on the the, the video which it's probably i should probably actually go check their twitter and make sure that they're not you know uh, a horrible person before i do that but so yeah the turnaround time is a big no one's expecting you to do full background checks they're like whether or not yeah. they said something crazy is not related yeah. to the fact that they notice a color scheme or an extra hex that we didn't notice true uh, true 
as long for as those Wanda vision. I've been waking up at you know three thirty, four, five a.m. to start them, and man, some days it's tough. This last week, for whatever reason, I didn't get enough sleep or didn't sleep well enough. Mm-hmm. It was a really challenging video to put together. Yeah, because that's not only is it like the editing time impressive on itself. You're also like you have to research the seventy one Easter eggs you found in the episode first, lay it out there, and then you're able to do these videos and like. They're like 20, 25 minute videos, but 71 Easter eggs. I started doing a Mandalorian show and it was like, oh, look, I found 15 Easter eggs. This episode's 45 minutes. So I've always also been like really amazed at your ability to squeeze all this into a tiny time. You know, the counting of those for the thumbnail is always tricky because what I do is I go through and it's not just Easter eggs. Like Easter eggs is like, oh, this name in the background is a character from the comics, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's Easter eggs. It's references. Like if they're referencing, say, the movie Network or a sitcom, I count that. Or just like little things that yeah, you of miss, course. Like little, little, little background details. But you can't fit all that on the thumbnail. So Of course. <laughs> always no, I get up, all that. Know? And I knew yeah. that from looking at the number and watching the video. Yeah. You're like, oh, all of this is counting. And nor am I ever right. double checking because it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask, did you read the Scarlet Witch videos before WandaVision came out? The, the videos, the comics. You, oh, yeah. I read, yeah, no, I like, read a shit. When they came yeah. out, or was it like WandaVision's now a show? I better know my stuff um, on this as it comes out. So I'm, I'm a, I've am I'm mean, been reading comics since I was a kid. I got a mm-hmm. collection of a few thousand books. They're not here with me because I live in New York and I don't even have space for my pets. <laughs> sure, of course. You know, um, so I was really familiar with the characters and I had a few issues of like different runs and I had a few issues of like the second vision Scarlet Witch series from the eighties, but I have Marvel unlimited. So mm-hmm. I was able to go back and man, I read, I started with like Wanda's first appearance in the X-Men mm-hmm. when she was just part of the brotherhood of evil mutants. And it's funny cause I only intended to, to read just vision, the vision Scarlet Witch miniseries. Again, I've read it once yeah, and a, and a couple other books, but then I was like, they kept doing that thing where they'll have the asterisks. It'll say, Oh, this happened back in this issue. And I yeah, go, okay, of let's go back. And so then I just said, screw it. And I went on um, like a Marvel wiki and just made a massive library on my Marvel Unlimited and went through that. And right now I'm doing the same thing for Captain America. Yeah, you know, of course. I, you're gonna have to I, with the new show coming out. Yeah. And I don't I don't think Falcon and Winter Soldier is I mean, I don't see how it could be as mysterious and layered and complex as WandaVision. Like the subject matter is just more straightforward. And I don't think we're gonna get like the same kind of uh interest on the channel at least like i think fans are going to be interested i don't think fans are going to be as hungry for answers yeah no i think that's going to be true well yeah this has got to be the most mysterious show i've ever seen even like as much as i'm a mandalorian above wandavision person and so there's a lot of little things in mandalorian but my interest in reading up on it on days it's not airing is not as high as wanda because there's riddles it's like right. I'm staring at these riddles all the time with it. And as a nerd with pandemic amount of time on my hands, I have nothing yeah. better to do yeah. than to read up on these riddles. And your videos have been very helpful in that, almost to the point to when they are like re- revealing some things. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was revealed to me a couple right. weeks ago on other theory <laughs> videos I've been watching. Well, that's what I keep um, telling but- people is like, I've we put out like, I don't know, six, seven theory videos or five or six. I don't remember how many. So basically, like, I'm always going to be right is what I'm aiming mm-hmm. for. Like, I'm going to be wrong five out of six times. But if I'm wrong, if I'm right, one out of six. It's true. I mean, yeah. But, we, but, you throw yeah, 20 yeah. theories out there. A couple of them are going to hit. Right, man. The You know, you, the people who fail 70% of the time get in the Hall of Fame, you know. That's true. The batters who I, I assume we're talking about batting. Baseball, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should, yeah no, I also should have clarified that, that yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I. It's funny, like even when that first Marvel 
Super Bowl trailer came out last year for the Disney Plus shows. And everybody was like, oh, Loki. And I'm like, nah, man, WandaVision. Like, that's this has always been the show I was most excited for. Uh, both because I just love Vision, especially from the comics. I think he's a really interesting character. And Scarlet Witch is interesting because, especially going back through and reading her books, like, I don't know, have you read any of the run, like, over the years? No. No, I've actually they, had no interest in her as a character, my apologies, until now, because yeah. the TV show got me so invested. Even when I was watching the movies, I was like, Vision's interesting. Mm-hmm. But, like, Scarlet Witch was never quite the focus, so I never focused on that direction. Yeah, I totally get it. And, you know, Vision had such a weird origin in the movies, and it deliberately, I think. I think they wanted to make him weird and make her, re- and oh, make her powers weird and all that. Um, so, and going back and reading these books, it's incredible how many times a different writer came in and completely changed her backstory. You know, she started off as an orphan, then she was the daughter of a superhero from the 40s, and then she was a different guy's daughter, a gypsy. And then there wasn't him anymore. And it was turned out it was Magneto. And now it's not Magneto anymore. And then there's this whole thing where she was born on a mountain where this guy was experimenting and making human animal hybrids. And there was like a portal there to like a demon. And he's, his animal hybrids were like imbued with the spirit of the Knights of Camelot. It's really weird. But what's cool about that is for a character whose entire, whose powers are rewriting reality, her own personal reality has been rewritten several times. And yes, which awesome is why I had a hard time that. getting into her. Yeah, exactly. just like There's a lot to grab onto, but everything's going to change. And so you're like, well, then I can grab onto nothing. Exactly, yeah. But see, that's what the also thing. Makes you that stick show with so the book, fun. you can see. And with the mm-hmm. show, you're also looking at like her, She's it's the same kind of meta storytelling, you know, yeah. where it, there's all like the, the thing that just absolutely threw me in a loop was... Uh, when Darcy was going through the list of sword agents when she was looking Mm -hmm. for Jimmy Wu's name and there's a guy who came up named James Gad. I think it was James Gad. And he works on the show WandaVision. Okay. But Mm -hmm. he's already been an Easter egg in the credits within the credits in WandaVision. So it's this whole weird cyclical thing of like Wanda is putting the people who maybe when she was trapped at sword, she's putting them in the credits of her show, but they're also in the credits of the show that I'm watching that other characters are watching through like three layers and new rock stars even pointed out when she kicks Monica out of Westview, she goes through one, two, three, four walls. She literally breaks the fourth wall. Oh, and yeah, smart. I know. And, ah, they're so good. And then it's the kind of thing that like the show really rewards attention to detail. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there's some red herrings or some things where they're going, oh, my God, people saw that. For yeah. instance, there's a mistake that I caught where in episode four, when they're like figuring out who these guys are, the, the real people, the citizens of Westview, and they find the guy who's Norm. Um, you can read the, his little profile, right? Mm-hmm. And his profile says, uh, talked to Vision, freaked out, asked where his family was. That yeah. didn't happen until episode Part of the five. two episodes, yeah. Six, yeah. So oh, yeah. maybe it happened more than once and Vision didn't remember it. But like, that's, that's what is making this so much fun. Like, I wasn't into mm-hmm. Lost when it was on, but I think Lost fans went through the same thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Although, yeah. fun side note, uh, I'm a comic out here in Los Angeles and Norm's a comic out here in Los Angeles too. So I've known him for years. The Asif Ali mm-hmm. is the name of the actor. Very funny, very great, talented guy. But it's also interesting to watch my own reality interact with their reality where you're just like, mm-hmm. you know, cause like to me, he's, he's the dude at the bar. And now it's just like, Oh no, look, he's a dude freaking out in front of vision. And yeah, I did, com- I did comedy here for years and I knew uh, Sub Agarwal and I uh, saw her in Westworld too. And that was like, Oh yeah. my God, like there you are. So it was cool too. Cause then on the YouTube <laughs> channel, I was covering the show. So 
not many people are going to shout out this random speaking part at the end of the episode but i was like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but why not they're like ah yeah man that's just she's great who do you I don't know think um, anyone gets mad over any extra shout outs unless it's majority shout outs um, exactly who do you know out there uh, comedy wise you know mike lawrence i knew him of course back you know in mike lawrence. Before he moved over. yeah mike uh Eric yeah Money i met Penny. mike when he uh he came out here to do pete holmes podcast like six seven years ago yeah and i was an open mic and he showed up at the open mic and it was yeah. like with his backpack of course. And he was Mike wearing like, yeah. a comic book t-shirt. I want to say yep. it had uh, the cover of like Wolverine number one, where we yep. had the, the cigar. Mm-hmm. And it was just, uh, and he was, of course, incredibly funny. And I had no idea that he was already like doing it for years and doing well. And I was like, keep it up. And then we ended up talking with <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, he started in Florida. Mike's, Mike's great. Um, I haven't done stand up here in a couple of years, but like I did, came here to do comedy originally. So yeah, we probably know a lot of the same people from that circle. Yeah, I imagine we're probably in a lot of the same yeah. circle. I had a, a guess that you were uh, a comic, and that was one of my questions. Yeah. Just it seems like the way uh, you punctuate and knowing how to get to the point so well is a very mm-hmm. stand up thing. It's like people, yeah. you learn how to get rid of a lot of exposition. Um, I try, but man, I'm telling you, I think on the last WandaVision video I did, episode six, I can just feel myself. Actually, you want to hear me ramble the Justice League breakdown that i did yesterday i went back through and i was like god man get to the point man <laughs> i can't i can't personally get into the dc stuff and i'm watching them i'm watching them yeah. i can't i'm sorry if any dc is listening but it's like you know like every time i sit there and i have a marvel expectation which isn't fair you know like that's like meeting everybody my dad ever dates and just comparing them to my mom i get mm-hmm. it but right. But I'm also getting a Marvel-like quality product every three months from Marvel. So it's fair for me to have this expectation, I think, 15 years in, catch up Marvel, you know, or catch up DC. Uh, I wanted to ask you, since you said you had a comic book collection, are there any minor characters that haven't shown up in any of these movies or TV shows yet that you're, like, waiting for? Oh, that's a great question. Um, There's some individual stories, some characters, some arcs, some runs that I'd like to see. Um, did you read the book Sentry, the Paul Jenkins, J. Lee book from the 2000s? I, no, that, but I, my roommate did at the time. That's a great book. And I'm also, I just started reading Blue Marvel, which I can't believe slipped under my radar. That's pretty great too. They're both about heroes from the past who are forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the case of the Sentry, he is like, he's like Superman for Marvel comics, right? And they rewrote yeah. the history to say he was there at the start and everybody knew him, but then everybody just forgot him. And now he's, and they, in hindsight, I know they stole this from Marvel Man a little bit, that he is, uh, he's an alcoholic and he doesn't remember who he was. And he, as he slowly remembers, um, a great threat is coming, you know, toward, and it's just a really different take on a superhero story. And also like Marvel was funny about how they marketed it because they got Wizard Magazine to reveal that, oh yeah, this hero did exist and nobody remembers him anymore. They had Stanley yeah. lie about creating him and stuff. Um, <laughs> and then Blue Marvel uh, is a character who was also like Superman, but he wore a full mask and he fought, he was in the early 1960s and he was great. He was super powerful and like, you know, beat all these people and saved all these people. Then in one fight, his mask was like ripped and people saw that he was black and the establishment freaked mm. out and uh, basically like silenced him afterwards. And I thought, you know, it wouldn't really fit into the MCU right now to have a superhero in the 60s, but man, that's a great story. Mm-hmm. You know, if they do kind of branch into the multiverse, you might see that. 
I was going to say, but like, you're going to start to see some more of that. That's what I'm really enjoying about the idea of like the multiverse and what WandaVision's pushing forward is we can get a Red Sun Superman movie. There's no yeah. reason that we couldn't. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, look, even though they're opening the doors for themselves, they're also opening the door to DC to go in their other directions. See, I think DC's already had that door open. I'll tell you why. It's because DC made Superman the movie and they made Batman. And immediately mm -hmm. you have, that's a multiverse, you know? And we didn't really, they didn't call it a multiverse until, I don't know if you watch the, the show, The Flash, but there's a, a really key episode of that show the first time he travels to Earth 2. I think, they, I think it was Earth, yeah. Um, either Earth 2 or the Earth that Supergirl was on, I can't remember. But the first time he travels between Earths, as he's traveling, they show other DC properties, like in the portal go by him. One of them was the old hmm. Flash show from the 90s. So nice. now they're doing the same thing. They're going to have Michael Keaton appear in the Flash movie uh, and Ben Affleck's Batman. And what they're doing is they're basically saying, look, there's not like one version of Flash. There's not one version of Superman. They're all part of like, they're all just different stories. This is really smart for two reasons. One, it removes fan expectations. So I don't, I don't have to walk out of Man of Steel screaming, Superman doesn't kill! again like mm -hmm. I did in 2013 because that's that superman does kill and it doesn't matter there'll be another superman calm down it's also really smart because it's a way for these corporations to consolidate all their intellectual property so if mm -hmm. sony wants they can make a toby Maguire spider-man follow-up with sam raimi they can make another andrew garfield movie they can make another live action spider they can do them all at the same time because they primed the pump for the general public to go oh yeah there's different spider-man it's fine Oh yeah, no, for sure. And I love that it's becoming that direction. It's like every question I had as a child was like, but why can't movies be more like comic books? It caught yeah. up and they're like, no, we're actually going to allow all of that to just exist in the way that it currently does. Um, were there any comic books in your collection that you like valued more than others? You're like, these are my cherished possessions. I mean, I have, I have some actual valuable books. Um, yeah. Like first appearance of Wolverine, first appearance of Juggernaut, but nice. that's in such terrible shape. It's not worth anything. Uh, Silver Surfer Galactus first appearance, uh, you know, FF48. The books that like I remember always going back to, as a kid at least, were like Secret Wars, uh -huh. uh, uh, Crisis, the first Crisis, just because like you were getting a bargain. You know, you were reading all these different characters interacting together. And that's one thing I think is brilliant about Kevin Feige is he probably did the same thing because he tapped into that same enthusiasm of yeah. on the screen, you know. Um, so those are the ones that like I really wouldn't want to part with. I don't. I've never thrown the comic book away. I have. I've traded away duplicates, and I still have all my trade paperbacks. So they're all my babies. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know. Did you also collect the action figures? Uh, just as a, uh, not seriously. Mm. You know, I would buy one if I liked it in college, and I obviously had them as a kid. Like I grew up with superpowers and see. I grew up in the golden age of action figures in the eighties. And then when Marvel started coming out with their Masterwork series where they were superposable, I loved those figures. You know, I still oh, have for sure. my, yeah, my Ben Grant, my Fantastic Four set and um, Spider-Man, black costume Spider-Man. Yeah, I still have a tough time if they release a good looking figure of something I read as a child. Yeah. You're like, well, now I have to have this. And you're like, even though you don't, I, just, I have that issue. I, I still have space. It's the same reason I don't buy many physical books anymore. Mm. I just don't know where to put them, you know. It's the New York conundrum. Um, so we need it to really figure out is. an app where people can have their action figures, but it takes up no actual space. Well, Tops has those. Tops has like virtual card trading apps. I saw that, and that makes me so mad. As a person who actually collects real cards, yeah. when you see like that card, and they're like, "Oh, this is fifteen dollar card," you're like, "Well, this looks like a three hundred dollar card." You yeah, know, like until so you're like look deep, and, and then you're like, "Oh, it's just right. a picture of a card." 
never in my life would I do that. Yeah, we did, we did an ad for them, uh, and it was fun. Like they, it was, I was like, I, I did the Mandalorian thing. I'm like, this is cool, but I still was always fundamentally like, we're it's pixels. <laughs> they, they yeah, just, exactly. Like they literally asked me when I did the integration, like, oh, what is there any cards you'd like us to send you? And I was like, this is meaningless. <laughs> Why do people do this? <laughs> Why? This makes no sense. Like, because I don't have the ability no... to say no, I still would have asked for somebody. But okay, okay so like, I I um, I play a lot of uh, the freemium building games, right? Like, I, I've been mm-hmm. playing Simpsons Tapped Out for like nine years, off and on. And I would be the same. I'd be like, oh, I really want the tire fire. I'll spend money on donuts. And it's just pixels. But it's like part of my little town, and I'm building it. But it's I, I, the card thing. I I don't know. And I don't consider the comics that are in my marvel unlimited library part of my collection (laughs) no i don't think anybody does it's just something it's just something some intern scanned into the computer so i could read it for ten dollars a month you know well yeah i don't think we like look at our netflix and we're like that's a part of my movie collection that can get taken away any moment nobody has movie collections anymore i remember we spent the 2000s we had all these dvds and there were you know racks and shelves of them and now i go in people's houses and it's just lame books. I left. I, I kept 10. I could not part with 10. Yeah. Where you're like, no, if I ever want to watch Star Wars, I don't want to have to figure out how I have to do it. I have well, it what, right what, here. What are your 10? What'd you keep? Well, I kept the initial Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. They released, I have the original, like the 77 edit and the 81 and all that stuff. Cool. So like, yeah. well, yeah, you, I had to, I'm not going to get rid of those, you know, mm-hmm. and then I kept Big because Big is one of my favorite movies of all time. I oh, think awesome. A League of Their Own's perfect, so I kept that yeah. one. I kept Rocky Horror Picture Show because I'm one of those guys that watched it over a hundred times. You know, like so it was like those kinds of things where you're like, at any moment I want to watch this movie, I'm gonna watch this movie. They're all very classic along those lines. I don't know if any of them are like any small town production sort of thing. I kept a lot of mine, but I, I did like you used to do for CDs. I put them in sleeves. Mm. Yeah. So like. That way you can put them in your car in case anyone breaks in. They could just find the whole thing right there. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they get my copy of Cool Hand Luke and <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia right there. They should all be Remember? Fast and Furious movies. So someone, whoever breaks in is like, hell yeah. Nah, this I guy's my friend. Teen- I want those teenagers to be disappointed. I'm going to take my copy of Citizen Kane. And I'm going to put FF5 on it. I remember what uh, uh, I had a car get broken into and I had that, the sleeve of CDs on top. Mm-hmm. And whoever broke into my car was selective over which CDs they stole. Instead of just taking the whole thing. I know. And it like broke my uh, heart. I'm like, you're not even going to give great. Ben Folds a chance. You're not even going <laughs> to give him a chance. You might like him. He's good. Yeah. Hey, whatever. I never remember the great album. Yeah, exactly. But it was yeah. like, no, they just wanted whatever they wanted specifically. They couldn't even. All right. I'm, I'm done with that question. Uh, wait, so you're like, to me, the master of Easter eggs. So I'm going to ask, uh, do you celebrate Easter? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you excellent at finding Easter eggs as a child as well? Or did you also I, have like a Twitter? Oh, you mean, liter- as a you mean child? literally? You mean literally? L- Easter literal eggs. Easter eggs. Yeah, I'm talking about actual eggs hidden out there. Oh, yeah, man. No, people looked up to me. I was the one you came to find, except, <laughs> except for the red ones, because I'm red-green colorblind, so I couldn't spot the red ones in the grass. There was one oh, Easter. Oh, crazy. After, uh, you know, like after church, they have a... Uh, you know easter egg hunts for the kids there was one year my nieces and nephews were all really tiny some one of them found a baby dead rabbit and i was like oh get away from it it was like stiff i don't know how it died maybe it wasn't dead maybe it was just playing dead so i like got my notebook and, if like, it's stiff it's dead yeah and they just they were just my and then it was like a, all the kids were like following me to see where i was taking this dead rabbit and i just dumped it over a fence mm-hmm. you know, grew up in the country so yeah that was a weird easter egg experience 
Yeah, but like three days later, you should have showed up with another bunny to like really bring the point home. (laughs) There we have it. Ryan Airy. You can follow him at Twitter. R-Y-A-N-A-R-E-Y. Of course, it's in the, the description of the episode. And of course, watch his YouTubes. On he's uh, the main guy to me for Screen Crush, so check out Screen Crush on YouTube, and I check him out after every week. You know, like you probably by now checking out like the end of Wandavision with him. He explains, he'll wrap it up, he'll what the meanings behind everything are, the references, the Easter eggs, and of course he's going to be back for the next show with the Falcon. And so I've learned about the Mandalorian. You already know all of this because you just heard the episode. I don't know why I'm summing up the episode, but that's what we got. Ryan Airy, thank you for doing the show. He's the first person I've had on the show who I'm not like a close friend with. And if you're new to the show because of Ryan, thank you. Thank you for stopping by. See if you recognize any of the other people. A lot of comedians. You know, I got about 72 people, and I want to say about uh, 68 of them are comedians. So check out the other shows. Guys, please rate, review, and subscribe to me, this show, Putting Up There Michael Marsh, or my own Mandalorian show. I do Is This The Way, where I break down the episodes of Mandalorian, and we have an episode next week coming out that is the history of the Darksaber. We go through the history of it as if it's a real saber. And, you know, like going through, I was going to say Excalibur, not a real sword. So, yeah, check that out, too. Guys, uh, next week, we are going to have Samantha Hale. Samantha Hale just released her one-hour special. I'm only happy if it's Raining Men. So, yes, uh, I think that puts up with her personality very much. I'll let you know about her kind of 90s rocker style. And also her love of drag queens. She's very involved in the drag queen world. She is the was it the granddaughter of the captain from Gilligan's Island. She We talk a lot about movie houses. We both have gone and visited many famous film houses usually starts off with Brady Bunch, but we talk a lot about the horror houses because she visited all the horror houses. So check that out next week. We have Samantha Hale next. And guys, thank you very much for listening to me, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, Find a place in this world or never belong. I've got to be me. I gotta be me.